Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, Holy Mother Church around the world celebrates the Feast of the Epiphany. Now, this feast has grabbed the attention of writers and artists throughout the centuries. There's something magical and spiritually uplifting about Epiphany and the story of the Magi. Now, in this story, we clearly see a juxtaposition between two parties, Herod and the Magi. Herod's vision of seeing the world is far, far different than the Magi's vision. In this feast, essentially, we see two stories in opposition to each other. The first is the story of Herod and his vision of power and glory and politics, greed and treachery. The second story is the story of the Magi, which is deeply spiritual. And that is our story. Now, I would argue all people have their eyes fixed on things that they hold to be important in life. Things either of this world, fame, fortune, power, control, notoriety, or the spiritual things of the divine and of God. Now, Matthew's account of this story is very intentional. He wants to compare and contrast these two parties. Herod and the Magi. Now, why is that? Especially when the story was written about 2,000 years ago. Well, here we live in the 21st century. And 2,000 years later, this story is very prevalent to us all. In fact, we probably see these two parties, the Herods and the Magis of our world, almost every day of our life. People who see the world in terms of power and control and fame, fortune, notoriety, and people who see this world in terms of God and the spiritual things of God. And we see these people, they have their eyes fixated on either of these worlds. And then we find out the ramifications of both. Now, Herod, we hear in this gospel, is a consummate politician. He's a survivor. He's ruthless in obtaining power and even maintaining that power. He will go to no lengths to consolidate his power, even to the extent of murdering three of his sons, who he suspected them of trying to overthrow him as king of Israel. Now, I'm sure the people of Herod's time, they were fascinated by Herod. His eyes fixated on power as a king and all the trappings of his position as king of Israel. And yet, despite all this, Matthew depicts Herod as a pathetic person, helpless, fussing, and preoccupied with his position as king and his power. However, the central and important story here is the Magi. Now, the Magi are indifferent to politics and games of power and control. 
Now, what are the Magi doing as we begin this story for today? They're studying the sky and the stars. They were intensely surveying the night sky, night after night after night. Now, some people could say, well, that's boring. That's not much of a story. Instead, the real intrigue is watching the power brokers of the time, Caesar and Herod. You know, we should be watching them. Well, no. The Magi couldn't care less about those things. Here we see the start of these two stories taking place. The Magi, they're surveying the night sky for signs of God. That's why they saw the star at its rising, designating that the new king of this world has come. Jesus Christ has been born. Now notice something particular about this star. It's standing high in the sky for everyone to see, which means what? The implication is salvation is for all people, not just for an exclusive few. Jesus Christ came to save all people. But more to it, the indication here is that heaven and earth are now properly aligned, like they were before the fall of grace with Adam and Eve. What did sin do? What did the sin of Adam and Eve in original sin do? Well, it threw the whole world off kilter, including the cosmos and the universe. Well, now, because Jesus has been born into the world, heaven and earth are now properly properly aligned. Now, it's important to note here, it was the Magi's prayerful attention that allowed them to understand the meaning of the star. We have to realize the Magi are looking for the right thing. They are attending to the right story. Well, we too must be like the Magi. We must attend to the right story. And like the Magi, prayerfully, we see the presence of God in our life. First at Mass. Every time we come to Mass on Sunday, we literally see the presence of God in the Eucharist. But it doesn't stop there. We see the presence of God in our prayer, in a life of stewardship, as we essentially build the domestic church with our families at home. Now, what happens next? The Magi, they see the presence of God in the star and they act upon it. They're naturally compelled to want to enter in the presence of God. They want to see Jesus. And so they travel. Now, we all know travel in the ancient world was very dangerous. It was hazardous. The roads were paths at best. They weren't marked out. There was no signage. There were no lights at night. There was no GPS, so it was very easy to get lost. You were exposed to the elements, the wind, the cold, the rain. Now, on these roads were thieves, robbers, kidnappers, murderers waiting for you, or wild animals. And yet, the Magi, they set out despite all these obstacles and dangers. What are they really doing? They're seeking communion with God. They're seeking to align themselves, to align themselves between heaven and earth. Now, we know that alignment is what truly matters in our lives, too. Like the Magi, we must align ourselves by practicing our faith. You know, by praying every day, going to Mass every week, building that domestic church at home. See, now we see 
there is a more powerful truth that is being communicated here in this story. We see the presence of God, and therefore we act upon it, leading us always to Jesus Christ. And so it begs the question, what is the great tragedy in the spiritual life? When people see the presence of God, they actually feel it tugging on their heart, and they make up excuses not to act upon that presence. And then that opportunity fades away. Now, next in the story, it says the Magi, they cross the border and they enter into Israel. Now, Herod first thinks they're spies. But then when talking with the Magi, they realize that there is a newborn king in Israel. Now, this is the worst news for Herod that he could possibly hear. Because now there's a newborn king a rival to Herod. In fact, this is treason. Now, under Herod's vision of things, he was the king of Israel. He had all the power, and he was going to stop at nothing to give it up. This is his worst nightmare Herod could ever have imagined. A newborn king has arrived. Well, what does he do? Well, it says in the story he's desperate enough that he assembles his own magi, his own wise men, in order to see if all these things are true. And they tell him, yes, the prophecy is there in sacred scripture, and a new king would be born in Bethlehem. Now again, this is the worst scenario for Herod. Now he believes the magi truly are spies that are coming into his country from a foreign country seeking a new king that eventually will supplant him. And Herod's people, unfortunately, confirm all this. And so we hear in the story for today, under the pretense of pretending to be a devout person, Herod calls back the Magi to find out when they saw the star and when it first appeared. And then he says to the Magi, Go and find the child and send me words so that I may worship and praise the child myself. What is he really doing to the Magi? Well, he's treating the Magi now as his own spies so that he can now locate the child in order to destroy Jesus. So he's being very treacherous and deceiving. Well, here we have two very different visions of life, two different accounts of what to look for in life. Herod, He doesn't welcome the alignment of heaven and earth. His eyes see the world in visions of power and greed and treachery and control. The Magi, they see the world with great spiritual clarity. They see the presence of Jesus Christ in this world, and they're naturally compelled to seek out that presence, to be in that presence themselves. Well, again, we have to be like the Magi to see with great spiritual clarity in our lives and in our world. And then when we see the presence of Christ, be compelled to seek that presence. Next in the story, it says the Magi were overjoyed at seeing the star. Well, we too feel that sense of joy or inner peace. You know, when we receive communion, you know, when we come up for communion, We receive in our hand the body of Christ, and then eventually we consume that body of Christ into our own bodies. 
And then we walk back into the pew and we pray as communion finishes. Well, I think all of us, we feel a sense of inner peace as we have received the body of Christ into us at Mass. But it doesn't stop there. You know, we feel that sense of peace when we pray or when we perform the corporal and spiritual works of mercy for others. We, too, feel the same way the Magi did, overjoyed and peaceful. Now, the Magi, they present their gifts in the presence of Jesus Christ. Well, when we are in the presence of God, our natural inclination is self-giving. We want to give ourselves over to God. Well, the Magi essentially give the very best that they had to Jesus. For us, knowing, seeing, and feeling that we truly are in the presence of God in our life, our natural inclination is to do what? Be like the Magi. Offer God the very best of what you have. The best of your heart, your mind, and your soul. The best of your will, your intellect the best of your time and attention and your prayer to Jesus Christ. And in doing so, then we too will be in the proper alignment of heaven and earth like the Magi. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. You can't afford not to reread the story of Matthew and his account of the Epiphany. And in doing so, we should always see with great spiritual clarity the presence of Christ, and then act upon that and enter into the presence of Jesus at Mass, at prayer. And in doing so, be always compelled to offer Jesus the very best of who you are, the best of your heart, your mind, and your soul. And in doing so, we will always be aligned between heaven and earth, which is exactly where God wants all of us to be. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.